We are back. Good morning. Good morning. On this windy, lovely day. Cool. It's a cool May morning. I know. I've got my shawl on because I'm an old lady. <laughs> um, guys, so Alex and I had sent out some videos asking for questions, and we've got some really good ones, but Let's I think... A lot of good ones, and they're kind of meaty, right? They're, they're they are specific to different yeah. stories, but I think it's really cool to play through like anecdotes and actually talk about real experiences. So, right now too. Um, one of the questions was in regards to earnest money deposit. So, for those of you listening who don't know what an earnest money deposit is, when you are writing a contract to purchase a property, and Alex, interrupt me because I'm not the licensed realtor here. Um, when writing a contract to purchase property, you put down an, a dollar amount. So, yeah, yes, please, you put down an here. EMD. But here's the thing: it can be of something of value. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. You could put down your house. You like what? If you read it, it doesn't actually have to be. I mean, a contract has a value amount, mm-hmm. but really, it, it, it's just it's like um. A good faith. Right. So you're it's, putting something up you're of say, good faith. You're saying that so that the seller takes you seriously. Correct. Right. But we use dollar amount. But right. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. Have you ever had someone who's put something like a boat up for EMD? Um, I had a guy that put a his one of his properties up as like collateral. Like in what situation is that necessary? Mm, if you're cash tied up right now. I see. Okay. So you're Makes pledging sense. you're pledging an asset that's not liquid. Correct. Okay. Okay. I can see that. It's like I've it's never like I've never seen that exactly. It's like poker. Ooh. If you think of it that way, it's like you're anteing up. I try to. It's, it's a weird analogy, but it's like if you're putting in money and you're like. Yeah. I don't know. Up the ante. Turns, up, up the ante. Up the ante. <laughs> up the ante. But, but I think yeah, it's an it, important it, it's conversation. It's a dollar amount, and um, it's a good faith deposit, and you're telling the seller um, that you, the home buyer. Or one qualified, and two, you're putting down X amount to show that you're serious. Um, and there is no set amount. It, it can be anything from some people could do a thousand, depending on the price, um, all the way up to what you were telling me, mm-hmm. an astronomical amount. Astronomical numbers that I've seen. Um, you want to briefly? Yeah. So, um, you know, in this conversation and question has come up a lot because a lot of home buyers are looking to be more competitive mm-hmm. in our very inventory and it's getting low. harder mm-hmm. and harder because everyone is I don't want to use the word equal but everyone is goes who are qualified it's right. like I'm qualified I'm this I'm this I'm this right. and how are you standing out and so then, yeah the question of earnest money deposit came up saying okay well I'm offering much higher than they're asking. I'm getting really tight on my contingencies, which is, I think, another podcast, really. Like, I think it's another it topic. Um, but again, for those of you listening who don't know what contingencies are, there's contingencies within your contract that protect you, but also keep you in a timeline to make sure that you are yeah. holding up your end of the deal. I mean, literally. Just like any contract. Yeah. So the question was, okay, well, for earnest money deposit... Um, I've heard mm-hmm. that 1% of the sales price is common. Now, 
when I say that, I just mean this is what yeah. I've heard before. This doesn't mean that that's what happens. So, but sometimes it says it in the remarks, like 1% or 2% or something of the sales you price. You can't require an, a certain percent. Can they, can they suggest? You can suggest anything you want. Your seller still has the option to counter, has the option to accept, has the option to come back and say, yes, but I need your EMD higher, all that. But you cannot actually say or require X amount. It's different for new construction because obviously they use your EMD as... To um, fund the to build. To fund the build. Yeah. But there is no law of a set amount, just like commission. Yeah. There is no law that says you have to charge X percent. So, um, don't know where I was going with that one. Um, <laughs> just, just the point, just the point that it doesn't have to be anything specifically. It doesn't legally, it doesn't, it doesn't so, have, and it doesn't, as you mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to be a dollar amount. I, I just, I think I'm looking for more of an industry so standard. Typically, I would say between one to three <clears throat> percent is what you typically okay. see. What? Probably like, let's just go with like eight out of 12 times or something. Okay. 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 There are exceptions, like you were saying. And one of the questions that comes up a lot is for a VA buyer, a buyer who is not putting a down payment down. Correct. They always go, well, I'm not putting any down payment down. Well, what do you mean I have to do an earnest money deposit? And again, I think the moral of the story is you still have to show good faith. You do. Um, and again, it's just so that you're saying to the seller, I have every intention of following through with this contract. And I think we need to explain what an EMD, what it goes towards. Perfect. Because that's the other thing. People go, well, I don't understand. I am putting a down payment on my loan. Mm -hmm. And what it is, it's, it's money that goes towards, people are listening, towards your closing costs. Mm -hmm. And if your closing costs are covered at the point, then it's going to go towards down payment. It's just going to go, it's the money that goes towards closing. It's literally a down payment. You're putting yeah. something down ahead of it being due. Correct. Um, it's like... If, and if you didn't have a down payment, let's say, let's say you are doing 100% financing through VA or USDA or something, mm -hmm. then you could get that earnest money, earnest money deposit back at closing. Correct. Should we verify it? So, I mean, these are all very interesting little tidbits because the question does come up. So, Alex, I'll ask you, does the amount of your earnest money deposit matter to the seller? In multiple, situ like in multiple offer situation, yes. If all offers are the same. How do you stick out? Okay, so if all offers offer 200000 mm -hmm. and they each have whatever, let's just go with $5,000 down payment and they all have the same contingencies, give yeah. or take. all equal. You, all equal. You're going to want to know who's going to be the most qualified. So you go down the next line of, okay, we'll talk to their lenders, financial, we'll go through all that. Who can put up more? Because the yeah. more that you're putting up, though, the less risk that you're willing to take. Because you it. have money on the hook at right. this point. Right. So you're going to perform. And that's that's usually... And, and sellers have gotten really smart with it, though. I want to hear more about this because, again, this comes up a lot. I think it's agents advising sellers, but it's, it's smart. It, it protects the seller. Because too many times you see where someone goes under contract, a contingency financing falls apart, then they go back to square one. Yeah, sure, they get the money back, their EMD back, like the seller takes it. If so the seller, so if, this, if, they're in, well, if the if buyer doesn't not, perform. If the buyer doesn't perform and they're not in default, then there's a different thing. But if the buyer is able to perform, but still within that contingency period, then yeah, okay. Um, if sellers have gotten really smart with it because they want to know 
okay, if I'm going to take my house off the market mm -hmm. for 45 days... What's my cost? What's my cost? Which is it's exactly right. I mean, I think that's exactly the point. If I, they don't perform. Can I give you an example? I have a friend whose house is on the market, um, and they are under contract to sell, and they were supposed to settle last Friday, and they didn't, and they said that they're supposed to settle this Thursday, okay? So I said, well, what's the deal with earnest money? Like, are, have they provided everything as far as the contingencies are concerned? Mm -hmm. um, and they hadn't. They hadn't, they hadn't, the buyer had not given a loan commitment yet. I said, well, my understanding, and again, I say this because I've seen this happen a lot, but I'm not a licensed real estate agent. I need to, I need to say that. Every thing. contract's different. Every, I didn't see the contract. Yeah, I don't know. However, contingencies. they could absolutely have extended it. And you know what I mean? I'm yeah. getting a, a little bit of the story. Yeah. But in my mind, as many G-car contracts, as many, you know what I mean? As many standard contracts yeah. that I've seen, if you miss closing and there's nothing in writing that agrees to extend it, then that buyer is in default. And that, that seller can You're, keep your earnest money deposit yeah. and put the house back on the market and just basically send a release to the buyer at that time. You send a release and then when you, like, when you list it again, you have to say buyer default. But yeah. I mean, in that time, let's say 45 days have passed, then now there's, uh, they've already made another mortgage payment. There's another mortgage payment coming up in two weeks. They're not going to put their house That's, back on the market and sell it in two weeks. So here we are, two mortgage yeah. payments deep now. And I think that earnest money deposit was, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And I think it's way less than what the buyer, the seller. So that's why sellers like more mm -hmm. because of the situation you just talked about. I think that's a really great example of why risk there is involved you. for both parties at the end of the day. And they want to make sure that by taking my house off the market, it means that you're committing to purchasing the home mm -hmm. and I'm committing to making my loan payment till X date right. because I'm counting on you to buy it from me so I don't have a payment anymore. Correct. So my loan can be paid off. And if, if you default, if something happens, then I know then I have money to cover that month then plus, an plus extra. another 30 days. Exactly. And best case scenario, another 30 days, right? To put it back on the market. Correct. To get it, the, the marketing ramped back up again after 45 days Correct. of it not being available. So, I mean, yeah. So, I, I think that's these. T I know there's a lot of topics that we've covered, but these little niche conversations I think are really valuable, especially to, well, for buyers and sellers. Well, it's what makes an offer stand out mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Now, I do believe, like we were talking about earlier, there is a, a threshold you mm -hmm. hit with how much you should put down. For earnest like money. Gonna, yeah. We're okay. just going to talk about earnest money. There's a threshold. Yeah. The example that you gave me earlier about mm -hmm. someone putting... Yeah, a $600,000 purchase and a um, buyer putting $400,000 in earnest money down. Okay. From a financial... from We can talk about this. From a financial standpoint, from, for you to talk about, I think it's a dumb idea. You're saying for as far as like, tax benefit? or I'm just saying for, okay, if you had a buyer who had 400000 in liquid assets or like cash mm -hmm. sitting in the bank. Mm -hmm. Well, I would not advise them to put that much down. No, Thank I would you. not. Absolutely not. Thank you. That, that's what I'm getting at. Well, if they were buying a $600,000 home, no, that doesn't make sense to me. I would say borrow 60% minimum of your and then just pay it. loans value, loans or your um, property value in loan. And that has to do with tax benefit. That has to do with leveraging that asset. Yeah. Um, I again, everyone. Just, uh, I don't think that person. I mean, again, who knows? Not a financial advisor look, either. If a seller saw that, then that's great. They're like, okay, it's double sided. That's the problem. Right. Actually, it's three sided. It's great for the seller because they know 
this person is going to perform. This person because if they don't, I've got four hundred thousand dollars, and I can just go buy something else. Yeah, and yeah, whatever, and pay down. They probably have no mortgage on that house then. Right, I would imagine not. Probably not. On the side you just talked about from a lending aspect, it's 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 a dumb idea. I'm going to use that loosely, but it is a dumb idea. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. We don't know the circumstances. We don't. So what if this was like parents buying it for the kids and the kids were going to take out the one, you know, the $200,000 loan? Who knows? We don't know. But let's just go with, for now, person has X amount yeah. in a bank account. Yeah. Let's just use this as an example. It's not something I would do. Let's it's say not, that. It's not something I would advise. And then right. the third thing, the third side to all this is you better have one hell of a good agent who knows their timeline, who knows their time frames. And understands contingencies in and out and knows how every single loophole within that contingency on how to get you out on the off chance that you default. Right. On the off chance that it's a G car contract and it's 559 and deadline six o'clock and you don't get it into 601. You better have a loophole. So I just that's an extreme case though. It's, it's an interesting topic because, again, it's not something you see every day because it's not no. something I would recommend. It's not something you would recommend. But all of that being said, um, it made them stand out. It's and sure they got the deal. Did. Of course. If we're talking about basically almost a, a How do you compete with that? How does purchase? Yeah. And you have, and typically you're going to have someone coming in, putting in X amount, okay? And... and and it's probably in that in that price range. You're probably dealing with a first time home buyer around here, around this area. I would imagine first or second, first depending or so, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the property is, but let's just go with that, okay? So mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to deal with someone who has that much in liquidation in, in the sense of like in their well, bank. I would not. I wouldn't imagine. So I wouldn't no. imagine. Mm-hmm. So it's a rare case. Definitely. I just, as an agent, I would, I would have to question, okay, it may be a better and idea we could to do. totally speculate on all the we different can. reasons why. But I, I would, again, I would imagine there was money that came from a different source than the buyers. Because, again. Or they just don't want a mortgage. And they, if they do want a mortgage. Well, they maybe they're, one, maybe they yeah. are, have very heavy assets, but very low monthly cash you flow. You never know. You never know. So, so that being said, different. <laughs> that being said, and again, I'm telling you, I could come up with stories all day about why they might, may or may not have done that. But we're talking about standing out. We're talking about how earnest money deposit makes you um, on both sides. It protects the seller and keeps you performing, right? Mm-hmm. Keeps you on your timeline um, because some people need to be motivated to do that. And if they know that they could lose their earnest money deposit, they have that on the hook, then. Yeah. Let's do what we're supposed to do, guys. Exactly. Um, that was good. I think that's a good topic. It is. I like it. If you guys have questions about that or anything more specific, I'm happy to answer the questions. We love getting the um, feedback and questions that you're um, curious about. That's where this one came from. So hope you enjoy learning about earnest money deposits. <laughs> it's like poker. You're welcome. Up the ante. That's what the name of the podcast should <laughs> Up be. The Up the ante. There you go. I love it. All right, you guys, we didn't get anyone for coffee, but I saw last week again, that was like 10 people coming to Cuban coffee. I think we really need to try it. It's going to have to be well good on the blacks. Yeah. All right, you guys, until next time, and we'll just uh, discuss about other aspects of the contract next time. No, for sure. I I think this is a great spin.
It is. And also, you should save. Save your money. Yeah. We got lots <laughs> of other places you can put your assets instead of tied up in your mortgage. Exactly. We'll talk about that a different time. All right, you guys. Have a good one. Bye.